Good morning, St. Paul. This is your friendly neighbor, unbougie foodie, <laughs> Wesley Wright. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Always looking forward to the wonderful Saturdays that we have. And gosh, you know, it doesn't disappoint. I hate to even think about the fact that, you know, summer is quickly fading. But we got to make the best of it while we're here, (laughs) while we're have the opportunity to really get out and enjoy new places, new foods, uh, food, um, farmers markets. Uh, gosh, just so many different stuff. Um, this is going to be today's topic. And I would encourage everyone to actually, you know, have an opinion, call in, share your ideas or thoughts on it. But, uh, it's going to be a little scientific today, but still fun. Don't worry. It won't be all totally, it won't be boring. Trust me. But uh, it will be a little bit scientific and it's talking all about food, though. And, you know, I have to admit, not a, I I would say, a learned science person when it comes to food. Uh, I was not familiar with the word. Of course, I think folks are out there are metaphysical or astrophysics or just the whole study of science the physics portion um of the science or studying the science of certain celestial bodies uh psychological we even want for food and it's called gastrophysics so that's really going to be our topic for today um i will be definitely um you know mentioning some a few other things as well but you know more specifically i I was excited about this and i want to share it with you all um a little bit of education for me and then help you also or not even help but just share uh with you information that i've some of the information that i found because i just thought it was quite interesting and hope you find it interesting as well um first and foremost though i want to remind everybody about or everyone all the listeners out there that uh, WEQI is actually going to be hosting uh, their third annual 7th Street Live. So if you've not gone before, uh, definitely make sure to, to come out. It's going to be on uh, August 26th. Uh, and it's going to be from 12 to 6 p.m. Uh, family fun, family friendly festivities, if you would. <laughs> so, uh could be certain that there's going to be a lot of food, uh, music, artistry. Oh gosh, and and they have a wonderful. They have a lineup too on uh, website. So um, please visit WEQY on Facebook, and you'll be able to see the actual um, flyer that had that talks more uh, in detail about 7th street live again it's going to be on august 26th uh, from noon to 6 p.m right here in the east side of st paul uh so oh wow uh (laughs) wow uh (laughs) there was some 
<laughs> so right here in East St. Paul, uh, the address is going to be 895 7th Street, uh, again, St. Paul, 55106. Um, gosh, such a great lineup, too. But it's going to include, fun, uh, just like I mentioned, food, fun, you know, a family event. One that you really don't have to worry about, you know, being, I don't know, uh, too concerned about, you know, the atmosphere. In years past or in events past, it's always been fun. Trust me. And I'm looking forward to an opportunity of volunteering and hopefully meeting a few of listeners to the radio station as well as to the Unbougie Foodie Show. So thank you. Um, make make sure you save the date. I know we probably were near the end of the month. Uh, and, you know, just a reminder. August 26th, 7th Street Live. <laughs> just keep that written down or post it somewhere. Like on your refrigerator. Make it your background for your computer. <laughs> uh, also, I will say that uh, I am so really thrilled. I'm, I'm tickled uh, again because I've been given this opportunity to talk and share with you all all these different weeks uh, of about food and restaurants and food topics and having guests on the show. Uh, it's been a, a true pleasure uh, doing this and sharing this passion and this interest. So thank you all for uh, being listeners and sticking with me for almost an entire year. I mean, literally one more week, it will be 52 episodes <laughs> that I have done for, you know, you know, here at the radio station or just being on air, uh, I consider it a milestone. And I really do thank WEQI uh, for the opportunity. But for listeners as yourselves, I really would like to share that and kind of and celebrate uh, with you in that regard. So at the end of the month of August, August 27th specifically, I will be at the Minnesota State Fair. Now, Minnesota, the Minnesota State Fair, they have specifically set aside that date for Minnesota Cook's Day. So for that, uh, you know, you'll have an opportunity to see uh, some celebrity chefs, uh, food influencers from Instagram uh, that are in the cities, um, chefs from just different restaurants or doing demonstrations. But it really is a, a perfect opportunity to get out and enjoy a day with you all, uh, my listeners that listen to the Unbougie Foodie on a weekly basis, um, ones that support and you know uh, appreciate you know the information I'm sharing. <laughs> um, so August 27th, that is going to be for myself, my event that I'm going I'm preparing. It is called the Foodies at the Fair. I was going to say the unbougie, unbougie foodie presents the foodies at the fair, but you know who I am already. <laughs> but foodies at the fair, uh, where we're just going to have an opportunity to go to, you know, the dip, a few vendors, uh, taste some of these new foods. You know that there's 31 of them uh, that are going to be 
available or are being created specifically for the Minnesota get together uh, or sweat together, whichever you want to call it. Uh, that doesn't sound very right when you're talking about food stuff. But so anyway, the Minnesota get together, <laughs> we'll put it at that Minnesota get together. But foodies at the fair on August 27th, uh, that will be a, d- a day at the Minnesota State Fair. So again, there's going to be more information and details that I'll be uh, telling you about prior to that date, way prior Um Look for some more information and details and invitation within probably the next week or so. Um, I will definitely make a a Facebook post so that you have that available. Um, But I I really am just looking forward to an opportunity to celebrate uh, what I consider as a milestone. Uh, And I hope that you're willing to come out as well. All that said... Again, thanks so much for tuning in this morning. I hope you're uh, having that cup of coffee or maybe just, you know, doing getting up and doing a few things around the home, but listening to my show. So thank you. Uh, Like I mentioned, we're going to get a little scientific because I really did not think. Well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say I didn't think about you know the different aesthetics uh, when it comes to how restaurants you know set up you know do a presentation or create an atmosphere. I always think about that, but because I like to talk about more of the food itself and the experience with the food, you know, I kind of leave out the atmospheric and aesthetics of the. Of a, of a restaurant or of a place. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that it, you know, if it's very unhealthy or doesn't look quite nice in there, <laughs> that I'm, you know, gonna talk about it or not talk about it, but, or even go there. But I'm just saying that, you know, I think, as I've mentioned in the past, going to all of that extemporaneousness uh, of talking about the, atmosphere the curtains and tablecloths and so forth um it was gonna make me sound a little bit bougie (laughs) and i'm not (laughs) uh relatives in los angeles if you're listening you're probably wondering why is he saying that because i am not and they know that but in my own right uh, when it comes to food and enjoying good food i guess you want to say that's where i'm bougie maybe i don't know because you know no I'm not even in that regard, but I'm mentioning all of this because there is a book that has been uh, just, you know, gastrophysics has caught my attention. Uh, And there was a book that was specifically, uh, you know, brought to my attention uh, or I'll say caught my attention or anything because I was reading an article and it uh, made reference to this uh, publication. It's called Gastrophysics, the New Science of Eating. And then the author is, um, you know, Charles Spence. Um, he's a psychology professor, you know, at Oxford, you know, University of Oxford. Anyway, he has written a book um, geared and focused on 
gastrophysics. And you're probably wondering, okay, well, what is gastrophysics? Uh, how does it relate to the Ambujifudi and everything? Okay, well, first off, uh, you know, gastronomy, which is where, you know, the root word of uh, uh, gastrophysics um, is coming from, is the practice or art of cooking or choosing a particular food or cooking and eating good food. Now, as you know, that's what this show is about. Uh, I've never really used the term of gastronomy and so forth, you know, in our conversations. Uh, But I felt it was important to even, one, to help with, uh, you know, providing maybe a a description of what that is uh, or a definition. Uh, But then, you know, physics, you know, the study of some of the physical uh, properties and phenomenon of something. And in this case, honestly, we know food evokes a certain type of it it invokes a certain type of feeling and certain types of foods and this book oh my goodness this you know the uh, the article itself was just mentioning um you know and I asked the question you know did you ever think about um perhaps you know why you know maybe the shape of chocolate Um, would appear sweeter when it's uh, a certain shape or not Uh, or maybe why a table a certain uh, tablecloth or maybe a table setting or silverware is being used in a restaurant that is what really this book is about and how it relates to food uh, and enjoying a really great experience um, it goes into a lot of detail um, specifically, it says that um, gastrophysics is the study of the relationship between food and culture, the art of preparing and serving rich or delicate and enticing food, and then a style of cooking uh, of a particular region and the science uh, of good eating. I, I know that's a whole lot um, to take in, but just think of it as um gastrophysics really is understanding how people are actually feeling when they are having uh, enjoying a meal out uh, whether it be at a restaurant at home um, with friends wherever Um, and it doesn't have to be you know a really elaborate meal I mean this is on a day-to-day you know eating a fruit uh, preparing uh, you know maybe a salad or something Uh, Again, it goes into so much detail about how our senses are then uh, engaged. Uh, And when you're picking up a a peach or you're picking up an apple and all of a sudden you're those touching the apple or touching the fruit or whatever it is, your brain is already anticipating how that is going to taste. And then taking the time to actually smell either uh, a dish or the fruit that you're holding or uh, or whatever it is that you're preparing prior to actually taking a bite of it all of those start to engage all of our our senses touch smell sight uh, taste and this book just goes further into detail now, one of the suge- one of the uh, topics that it uh, mentions within the book um, is you know the the surroundings at a restaurant and like i said i never really t- 
talk about this on air, but it's helping me understand why you can have such a great experience um, because gastrophysics is a part of establishing a restaurant or setting up uh, the aesthetics of a restaurant. Uh, the restauranteur or perhaps has a consultant or maybe somebody that they discuss uh, how they want their the aesthetic or the feel and the flow of their restaurant to be. But then it turns around of what type of food are you serving? What type of food are you preparing? What type of feeling do you want to evoke from your from persons that are um, your patrons, your customers, uh, people that are coming in and enjoying uh, a great meal. And that's where, again, gastrophysics comes into play um, because knowing, not even talking about the changing the, or the recipes or uh, modifying the recipes, it really is asking what type of feeling? What are you feeling when you have this food? And I'm quite sure that you probably ask yourself, or maybe not, are probably wondering, gosh, why do I feel, why does having strawberries covered with chocolate, uh, you know, dipped in chocolate, dark chocolate, or milk chocolate, whichever, why does it make me feel a certain type of way? Uh, why does, uh, you know, eating a good uh, lasagna or maybe a steak evoke such a strong feeling of uh, your your flavor palettes are just going crazy or your brain I think at that moment your your brain is like in overload because of all the the sensory overload that it's getting from both the taste and the aroma um, the flavor just everything and it's almost like you go into this state of of ease and relaxation and yeah, this is, it's very deep, but it's so much fun to talk about. Um, I was talking to a friend at work and we were just, I, you know, I was excited about the, the topic uh, today and, you know, I mentioned it and um, she was just saying, I, you know, I never really thought about that. It's like, you know, I realized that when I'm sitting, eating a peach, um, I and I cut it open. It's like there's this excitement that comes over me because I'm already feeling that the 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 texture of the outside of the, of the peach itself it's nice and soft and and you know fuzzy, <laughs> but something on the inside is just sweet and juicy and flavorful, uh, and I could have it with so many other different things, and it gives my mind. Uh, you know, something to think about even before taking a bite of that fruit. And that could be, you know, a steak. It could be, you know, having some vegetables or, you know, cucumbers. You know, how does, when you're preparing something, you know, you know on your cutting board, maybe chopping up uh, bell peppers. I know for myself, when I'm chopping up bell peppers, uh, yeah, I find myself just kind of like sitting there. I'm like, okay, I need to stop because this bell pepper is for, I'm eating it. Um, but this bell pepper is for this dish that I'm trying to do. But it's just, I'm excited about that, you know, cutting up that, uh, that vegetable and working it with my hands and chopping it and so on. 
um, it's it's really interesting, and I never thought about it before. To until recently, um, decorating your surroundings. I touched on that um, very briefly, but going back to it, you know, you know, a good example is when you go into maybe an Italian restaurant. Uh, or maybe a French restaurant, wherever, whatever type of restaurant you go. It, I'll even say, you know, a, a neighborhood restaurant. Uh, what are you actually going to see or you possibly would see? Maybe pictures of what the, some of the dishes of the food. You might even see um, a painting uh, or a picture of maybe that culture um it could be whether it be African American, Hmong, uh, Asian, what, whatever. Uh, when you go into that restaurant, it is already setting your. It's already feeding into those uh, sensory, um, sensory. Um, oh my last words! Those sensory, uh, sensory. Gosh. How to describe it? Just feel sight, the senses, just overall senses. Uh, and sight is the very first one. Well, likewise, I mean, those are all, again, studies and parts of food. And what type of feeling do you want to obtain from your customer? Remember I mentioned about chocolate? Well, some time ago, Cadbury, they had um, some complaints because they had changed the shape of their, they ha- used to have a dairy milk bar. It went from rectangles, you know, to, I think they, they were round or something. Um, and that was back in 2013. So not that long ago. But because of the, you know, they made that change, um, people were complaining that it was too sweet. Yeah, I mean, that overly and the thing about it is that they had not altered the recipe at all. It was just the fact that customers have this idea that when or perception that when it is presented in a round shape. And a good example of that is candies, uh, chocolate shavings, a latte, <laughs> certain type of jellies. Specifically, they talked about beetroot jelly. Uh, they are more, much more sweeter than when they are in an angular or rectangular shape. And that's just really interesting. I, I don't know if anybody else has thought about that, but, you know, feel free to give us a call and, you know, share your thoughts on that. Because I'm quite sure that there are so many people out there, so many listeners that are probably feeling, well, that is so true. How, why is that? I never really thought about that. Another thing, did you ever realize, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I, yeah, I, I love a good hot chocolate. I'm quite sure that there's others that feel that way as well. I, I instinctively, I don't go to, I don't go to Starbucks that often or go to you know a coffee place that often. But when I do, the very first thing that I do after I get, you know, my drink or my um, morning beverage <laughs> um i take off the lid and i smell it 
just instinctively. I don't know why that is. Now I understand why. Uh, because you really need to smell that. Taste is so, excuse me, a, smell is so much an involved process uh, when it comes to having food or enjoying uh, something like a coffee or maybe hot chocolate in my case. Uh, your brain is already forming those expectations of what you're about to enjoy. And I mentioned about smell. You know, we could also say the aroma, uh, aroma going into a coffee shop, the aroma and smelling maybe fresh baked goods uh, or even, you know, again, just the chalk, the, the coffee itself, uh, the coffee beans, the you smelling the uh, freshly ground coffee beans. Um, yeah, all of that, that specific sense, the smell, uh, the book goes into mentioning that sniffing your food or <laughs> sniffing aromas of food or in this case a drink, uh, it allows the brain to form the rich flavor expectations um, concerning both the experience of what you're about to have and what we are expected to enjoy. And, you know, interesting, there are two different types of nasal processes or smells if you would um one is called the oran the orthonal orthonasal <laughs> orthonasal <laughs> so i'm not going way out there but basically it's when we are actually breathing in to sniff uh, an actual aroma uh, from the environment kind of like when you're out and you know you walk out from the it's been raining and you go outside and you just take this long breath in, in inhaling you know the aroma of and I, I, aroma is more so with food but you know you smell you know fresh rain or freshly cut grass well like with food you know the aroma that's just one part of that because taking that aroma in with food again allows that brain to basically says get ready we are about to enjoy something really, really good. And then there's a second part, which is retronasal. That one, and you probably don't even know and probably don't realize it, not know, but when we are swallowing like a cup, you know, so we've tasted a take a, a tasted a, a we've taken a taste <laughs> of your coffee or hot chocolate or even uh, a food. When you swallow, you actually, it's a more of a, 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 of a push of, of air or aroma that goes back towards your, through your nasal uh, area. And that's why some folks are saying, oh, I could kind of like taste that in the back of my throat. Yeah, because, uh, well, one is the taste, but then there are, there is that air uh, that is being forced back into the nasal passages or whatever. Um, again, that provides more of a tasting experience. Um, so the it's a perception of the aroma. So I, I know, again, I said I was, we were going to go a little bit kind of like science and, and everything, and I'm not going to go too much more into it, but it, it's just really exciting um, 
to find out and understand what is it about you know maybe why a, a particular plate is being used at a restaurant or even why you know a silver this type of silverware that's being placed on on the table that you're about to uh, partake of food at the going back to the hot chocolate did you know that hot chocolate tastes much better significantly much better when it's served in an orange plastic cup or just in a, a brownish or tannish type of cup <laughs> i i know that sounds so weird uh, i don't know if anybody else has felt that way but if, if you if you do you know, give me a call and and let me know what your thoughts are. You know, and being that we're talking about it right now, I mean, gosh, it yeah, it's going to give you an entirely different perspective when you're going out to a restaurant uh, and just realizing because I'm bringing it up. I know <laughs> I brought it up. Now people are going to be like, oh, see, now you have me going to the restaurant and thinking, why did they use this type of silverware? Well, it's heavier because they want you to eat a little bit more. And then they, they know that you're going to enjoy it a whole lot more. When you have a weightier um, silverware, you are able to enjoy your food a whole lot more. You're able to, it enhances your experience. Uh same thing with the color of a plate. I mean, gosh, we've heard the expression of blue plate special. Um, at that time, it it kind of back in the early, like I think, 1920s, 1930s, 40s, maybe even 50s, and even now, it now it takes on a different meaning or understanding. But back then, early on, uh, it meant that you know, using a colored plate, you would actually be able to eat less. It gave people the perception of eating less, whereas on a white plate, um, it gave them back then the perception of eating more. That's reversed now. Now, it is you know when you are eating from off of the contrasting colors of plates, uh, it what would seem more appeal appealing. Um, like something dark on a dark plate, that's not really going to be very appealing. Um, something uh, like a good steak on a white plate or a, that's contrasting to that specific uh, flatware, not flatware, um, just the plate. <laughs> uh, something that's contrasting the food uh, allows you to enjoy the experience much more and to eat more of it. Again, Gastrophysics, The New Science of Eating by Charles Spence. If you're interested in it, definitely. I would love to hear um, your opinions on it. Um, so feel free to you know drop me a line at theambujifoodie at gmail.com. And we could have a serious conversation about about this. You know, I'm still you know reading this this publication, but um, as far as I've gotten, I'm I'm in. I'm in. Or if you just want to kind of make a comment uh, on today's show, uh, feel free to visit my page. The um, you know, again, the Umbuji Foodie. You could also find uh, pictures and photos um, 
of where I have been eating, visiting, and so on. Um, uh, by going to my Instagram, which is the underscore umbujifoodie, or Twitter, every now and then, yes, I do. Uh, again, I don't rant or anything. It is just I will share a point or maybe retweet or a recipe or add something of my own. Um, you can find me at unbujifoodie. Uh, definitely, you know, questions are definitely uh, I it, it's engaging for you. I want you to I want us to talk. I want us to have a conversation. <laughs> I don't know if you all, I, I may have actually even mentioned this probably some time ago. Um, there is a ramen place called Ichiro uh, um, Ramen. It is located at 2710 Nicolette Avenue. Wonderful place. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I went there with friends kind of for work but you know I'm always thinking of how I'm going to share my latest food adventure with you all so I, I try to keep in mind what, where to go and so I went there and enjoyed a few things uh, you know two, like one or two appetizers and a main entree if you would uh, this is a uh, Asian or ramen um, style or cuisine. Uh, ramen is getting so... It's been big, but it's growing even more. Uh, so if you've not been to places like Zenbox, uh, you need to go. <laughs> but Ichigo Roma, uh, Ramen, uh, they are... It was, I had a great experience there. I, the food was really good. Um, one of the appetizers that I had I, I had calamari which I, I I mention it not in a bad way but it's just you know you're going someplace okay calamari anyone can really have calamari yes that's true um, but they have and I'm going to oh, I feel so bad uh, because I believe it's pronounced charchu sh- the charchu bun c-h-a-r-s-i-u bun and it's just it's so good <laughs> uh if you've not had kind of like those um it's it's more uh of an asian um type of it's a bun basically with meat on the inside this was not and not yeah meat on the inside um this was really a bun you know um i forgot the what they refer to it as but it was a bun but it had uh, a wonderful sauce uh, on uh, the bun plus uh, it had uh, roasted pork and then it had a nice uh, layer of green lettuce folded over and then branded (laughs) with the restaurant's uh, (laughs) logo if you're interested in, in finding out perhaps what it looks like, um, certainly visit uh, uh and go to their the appetizers or just go to their webpage and you'll be able to see it. 
um, but that bun was really good. So, so good. Uh, and then there is, it's called a Dunbury. This the same kind of like roasted pork, um, shashu, uh, Dunbury. Uh, delicious flavor, uh, roasted pork, uh, with, I believe that it was, uh, um, uh, what is it? Treaded. Uh, it was either kale or seaweed that was on top kind of as a garnish, but it was with, um, you know, white sticky rice, uh, with, uh, shallots or, or green onions. Um, and then the roasted pork. Uh, a little there's a special sauce and, and I've forgotten the sauce the name of the sauce I thought I wrote it down <laughs> um but it was it was just so delicious and the dollar amount was quite good quite nice as well just just to let you know uh <laughs> but uh again they are it's a wonderful place so if you've not gone again it's authentic japanese ramen noodle um restaurant that's in the twin cities um you know they are open seven days a week um go to their you know please go to their uh web page uh which is minneapolis.ichiru.com and find out more information about them um you know you could look at the menu uh you could definitely check out that bun that i was talking about um, but once again, they are located at 2710 Nicolette Avenue, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55408. Uh, they're open today. You could go. You have a really great uh, open today at 1130. Uh, yeah, so why not make it over there? You can certainly go over there. Uh, we are, you know... Last week, I didn't have an opportunity to share with you all any of Get Your Groupon. <laughs> so let's do that right now. I want to share one, just one or two. Um, St. Paul has a, a bagelry, if you would. You can get 40% off bagels and sandwiches. And that's in the Como Park area. And if you go to you know Groupon... Uh, they have different options that are available. Um, the one specifically for St. Paul, you could get, uh, you know, for eleven dollars, uh, you could get twenty dollars worth of food. That's uh, really quite good. Really quite good. <laughs> Keep in mind that for uh, St. Paul Bagelry, they are located. Uh, uh, they are located at 1701, I'm sorry, 1702 Lexington Avenue. Uh, that's in St. Paul. Uh, Minneapolis, Min- Minneapolis has one as well. Uh, it's in Tangletown, 5426 uh, Nicolette Avenue. But, you know, here in Como, we are nearby. So, you can certainly go there and get... Uh, breakfast hey take some down to your say for your family take some tomorrow uh tomorrow not tomorrow <laughs> monday <laughs> you can take definitely go down there monday and uh order a few but just imagine you can get 
$20 worth of bagelry goodness. They offer bagels, coffee, breakfast, half a dozen. Get six dozen bagels in whatever combination that you like. No, six dozen. Sorry, half a dozen. Hello. Get six bagels in whatever combination that you like. So, you know, you could definitely go there. They have so many different bagel flavors, plain, you know, and the very popular ones. Plain, poppy, uh, pumpernickel, um, Asiago cheese, uh, cinnamon raisin, uh, the everything bagel. Wow. Jalapeno cheese. Just if you're interested, certainly go to Groupon and look for St. Paul Bagelry. Uh, and then for information on the different types of bagels that are available, uh, com. Just check out the uh, bagels that they have available. They also, again, have sandwiches and beverages. So, hey, uh, certainly feel free to grab that. Go get your Groupon. <laughs> Sorry, just, that was kind of <laughs> out there. The next that uh, I would encourage you to do Ah, man, I tell you, I I love being in our neighborhood. And I may have mentioned this one um, on go, but La Cabana. Uh, La Cabana is in the Saint is in the Dayton's Bluff uh, community area. It's Mexican food. Uh, y'all know that I have an affinity, you know, aside from pork, um, pork in itself. But you know that's car- carnitas, uh, yeah. Um, my next, well, there are probably three things. It's Mexican, Japanese, and of course I have to have. I can't leave my culture out. <laughs> Belizean, Jamaican, Trinidad, <laughs> um, all of them. You know they're all involved. <laughs> but for Mexican, La Cubana. You could get for fifteen dollars. You could get thirty dollars worth of food, and again, like I mentioned, it's right here in the Dayton's Bluff uh, area. They are located at eight six three East Seventh Street on that St. Paul five five one zero six. So it's right around the corner, y'all. Uh, you, uh, anybody want to stop there and then bring me something? No. <laughs> but Dayton's Bluff. Uh, again, you have. Uh, you know, it's authentic Mexican food. Um, you know, the restaurant is really clean. Service is also really great. Um, they've got really great reviews. But if you're interested in visiting their website, which hmm, I don't see it at the moment, but don't pass up on the Groupon. Again, $15 for $30 worth of food. Come, They have something called Super Nachos. Soaked with cheese and buried beneath a mountain of toppings for six ninety nine. <laughs> Come on, go in there and whet your appetite with a burrito. <laughs> or maybe some tacos. Uh which I'm curious. Does anybody like fish tacos? Cause they have them there at La Cubana. So go get your groupon. <laughs> get your groupon. That is, that could be another subject right there. Why is it I found that, you know, some folks within Minneapolis or maybe it's just Minnesota, maybe they don't 
tend to like fish tacos. I don't know why that is. I mean, gosh, to have, you know, maybe that citrus, you know, squeezed over the fish, whether it be, it could be deep fried or it could be um, broiled or grilled. Um, Yeah. Gosh, fish tacos, any type of way with just some uh, uh, lime squeezed over it and uh, some pico de gallo, uh, maybe a radish uh, slice or two. Man, see, now I'm getting hungry. I'm getting really hungry. Uh, yeah, come back to us, Unbuji. Come back to us. You know, lately, I've been finding that, you know, more and more of, I'll say friends, are, uh, they're, they're either choosing to go either vegan, which I totally understand. I, you know, I, I have not watched uh, What the Health, but I will. I, I will because I would in love and enjoy the conversation that we would have um, about you know the food industry. Um, this show is not again always about just eating out. I mean it could be eating at home, but just the food that we ingest all together. Uh, I am really interested in finding out um, what this I'll say movie documentary there we are documentary is about and I have an idea already and as visceral as some of the either the comments have been or some not so bad I'm not maybe I'm overstating that but let's just say that they've felt very strongly about it to the point where after seeing that documentary they have said no I'm I'm becoming a vegan I, I'm just or a vegetarian. Uh, that's all I'm going to have. Um, I remember that you know a few episodes back, I talked about living a plant-based uh, lifestyle and the pros of it. Uh, there are certainly some cons. Uh, I, I don't think. You know, it, it would certainly outweigh the pros. That that's for for certain. Um, I think though that there were, and again, I am no. I have to state this, of course. I'm not a nutritionist, um, but there would have to still also be some other, maybe some supplements that you may have to add um, to your intake, uh, because true enough, yeah, there are vegetables that can provide you with just from A to Z, the different uh, vitamins and nutrients necessary to survive. Um, But also, will it be enough? Uh, Will it be sufficient? Now, mind you, I'm not advocating either way because um, however you choose to make a decision on the type of foods that you ingest, um, definitely it is on it's on you as an individual and there no one should actually uh, feel that they have their opinion your opinion should be, remain your opinion it shouldn't be forced on anyone else um, and you shouldn't make anyone feel bad about a choice that they've made uh, if anything 
I would be more interested in having, again, someone on the show that would be willing to talk more about uh, living a plant-based lifestyle and maybe even having someone that does not uh, or is not currently living that lifestyle but is interested in finding out and just have a full-on discussion. So, again, that's something that uh, I would, again, like to throw out there, if you would. Um, I know I have a number of friends that are uh, in the food uh, that love to cook um, and I'm meeting new ones that are and even reading cookbooks too that are talking specifically about eating more plants um, vegetation, vegetables uh, in your life um, rather than just being the carnivore, <laughs> eating meat all the time it's, it's possible, people can live you know their lives sometimes without having any type of meat or um, animal based proteins um, that they ingest um, because uh, they're very concerned about how those either how the animals are treated how they are how the meats uh, are being processed supposedly being processed for human consumption I'm I'm not it would be foolish of me to just simply say I'm you know I'm going to do it anyway or whatever without doing your research and finding out specifically you know how does this affect me or make your make your own choice make uh let that be a decision that you personally make um and never let anybody <laughs> it's almost like I'm about to say you know what I say at the end of every show, but you know, don't let anybody tell you, you know, really what type of foodie to be, um, because it's you, you know, you are the person, you know, you're trying to take care of your health. Uh, and if you make that choice, um, you know, sure. If anything, if they'll probably look at you and seeing either the difference, uh, or the changes that you've made, um, outward appearance, how you feel, your energy level, and so on and so forth. All of that will be very noticeable. So, you know, do your re everyone do your research. Um, make sure that you, if you're going to check out, uh, which I will, what the health, uh, feel free to leave me a comment because I'd like to know your thoughts on that um, as well. Um, I will just say that I do enjoy all different types of foods and I, I think I might miss out um, because there are so many different varieties and um, different options um, that are available. Uh, I am in, I am concerned about um, my health as well uh, and things that I ingest. Um, so that's not to say that I'm, you know, by saying what I've said does not mean that, you know, Hey, I, I don't think I could ever be a vegan or vegetarian because again, keep in mind that there are levels of that as well. There's being a full on vegan or vegetarian or where you're cutting out every type of, of, of meat or protein or dairy product, or anything that would come from an animal and that in that case. So, you know, that varies in itself, but I just note that I enjoy um, the different varieties of food that we have out there. And if it means, you know, 
sometimes paying to see how something is prepared might help i don't know <laughs> maybe that's um, that again another topic or another subject that uh, someone maybe i'd like to find a someone that's uh, a meat preparer i'll say <laughs> and have a discussion with them and see what they think about um this whole process as well and because i'm quite sure that um meat preparers or butchers i'm just going to use the word butchers uh they're most likely concerned about it as well where is this meat coming from where is that chicken coming from um you know that lamb that whatever that you know that pig that hog wherever you know they want to also find out and make sure that they're providing food that is good and is going to be pleasing to their patrons or customers Anyway, going not going off too much on a tangent on our rant, but I'm interested in seeing this documentary. So hopefully if anybody else is interested and would like to leave me a comment or a message, please make sure you do so on my Facebook page. Uh, or again, um, send me an email at theunbougiefoodie at gmail.com. I will make sure to answer and we'll have a conversation. My goodness, the time has truly taken its its way with us haven't hasn't it and i see that uh yeah it's coming up to the top of the hour so i want to say again thank you so much for tuning in this morning i am here every saturday at 10 a.m it's so much fun having conversations or just sharing information about new places or just places that I've gone to. Maybe it might be someplace new for you or not. Again, feel free to always call in and share maybe a suggestion from your part, from your standpoint as well. Um, thank you very much again for uh, tuning in to WEQI and listening to the Unbougie Foodie. Uh, until next time, as I end every show, I want to remind you never to let anyone tell you what type of foodie to be, because really it is all about the food. Take care.